welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. Hello, everybody at home, and welcome. This is Punch It Writing in Star Trek. I am your co-host, Tristan Riddell, and with me, as always, is... Charlene Schmidt. Charlene Schmidt, we are here today to conclude the epic trilogy that is Voyager, The Next Generation. Yeah, indeed. Now, who knew? When we started this thing, we didn't anticipate going through each of the movies, but here we are, and I'm pretty excited with how this has turned out. This is pretty much why I do this podcast with you besides it being so much fun just doing it with you but the ability this is so god dang intoxicating to be able to play in the sandbox that is Star Trek and I know that it's completely unofficial obviously we're just two podcasters riffing right but it's so alluring and fun and cool to be able to play with these characters, move them around and tell them what to do and tell them how to die. And it's just... <laughs> which we've done very well in this series. Which we've done very well in this series. And it's just... I, I, that's, I love doing this. And I love that we're doing the what ifs more and more. And I would love to do more pure content creation where we've done our own shows in the past like where where we've said like okay what would a 25th century tv show look like or what would a uh, a movie look like with another crew we did that long ago long ago i would love to do that again i would love to revisit that someday and say like okay what would be what's the show that's going to come out after picard or after section 31 like say hey we were contracted by star trek cbs and so they Mm -hmm. want us to pitch them a new show what would it be i would love to do that sometime well let's talk about that because i've already got a few ideas just at the mere mention and yeah this is (laughs) i mean this is the fun of what punch it has become is we do explore all these what ifs and yeah these characters are here to play with at our disposal you know disclaimer we don't own cbs or paramount or any of these things as you've said before, like, this is what Punch It has become. Like, it started off as in, you know, like, across fandoms. Then we kind of narrowed it down to Star Trek. And then it was, like, analysis of certain episodes and their writing style and also their characters, which we still do. But I feel like we really hit our stride with the what-ifs and with the pure content creation. And we'll go back to analyzing writing styles and everything like that. But this is what is getting me jazzed the oh, most yeah. when I turn on the mic. By far and away, this is the more creative aspect of our show. And I think it gets our listeners jazzed up, too. We get more feedback on what ifs and explorations than anything else. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, like, that's the most topic. That's the topic that gets us the most input and, and yeah. opinions. And, and speaking of which, if you guys have an idea for us to talk about, whether it's an analysis or or it's pure creation, or an adaptation, or a what if, what you can do is go to the nerdparty.com slash contact, select punch it from the drop down menu, fill out the form, it'll send us an email, but you can also find us on social media too and reach out to us that way. Just go to Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and search the nerd party will pop up. And you can also find us individually online. You can find me on Twitter at the insane Robin. You can also find me on Twitter and my handle is oh the profanity. 
Now, what we're talking about today is, like I said, the the ending to the trilogy that is Voyager and the Next Generation. Because in the previous episodes, we had the exploits of the Voyager A, captained by Mira Paris. Mira Paris? Mira Paris. Paris. That's where it's. Mira, that's a good name, I think, Mira. Yeah. But it's. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's Is that her nickname? <laughs> uh, Moral Mira doesn't save you any syllables, so I'm going to have no. to say no on that one. So Moral Paris is the captain, with XO being Naomi Wildman. That's just cool. And yeah. so if you haven't listened to the previous two episodes, you should listen to both. But if you're going to listen to one, listen to the Star Trek 09 episode that really sets up everything. Yep. And what we're going to do today is we're taking the Star Trek Beyond model and applying it to this crew that we've pruned and developed over time. That's right. And so to this date, this is the last movie we can do this with for the time being. I mean, right now in 2019, they're still talking about possibly doing another movie, but who the heck knows? Yeah, it might not happen. There's a big chance that it won't happen. There's a really big chance that it won't happen, but it will forever live in our hearts as <laughs> a uh, as a good avenue and good Star Trek from the Kelvin universe. So let's yeah. go ahead and get started on that. So with actually let's let's get a little let's get a little background. So how did you we all knew we all know about how you and I feel about Star Trek Into Darkness. <laughs> after you walked out of the theater of Star Trek Beyond, how did you feel? I felt way better than I did after Star Trek Into Darkness. I felt like Star Trek Beyond was a fun film. It was a great story. It was a great cinematic adventure. I felt like it was fairly solid for the most part. And character-wise, I mean, everybody was on point. Yes. Uh, Simon Pegg, as a writer of this production, I felt really helped inject better character moments and certainly a lot more humor into the story. And overall, I enjoyed it. And I feel like it's got a lot more rewatchability than Into Darkness. Now, when I'm thinking about these three films, I've watched Star Trek 09 more than any of the other two. But Star Trek Beyond, whenever I do watch it, I'm enjoying it. I'm having a really good time. And I enjoy visiting these characters. If this is, in fact, the last movie that we get out of this incarnation of this crew, I'm not sad. This is a great way to go out. What do you think? I think so. Basically the same thing that you said, like absolutely 100% because Star Trek 09 is the one that I've seen the most, watched the most, loved the most. But then right underneath that is Star Trek Beyond because of the character moments, because of the humor, because of the Star Trekiness with how they solve problems. Yes. And, uh, but I think uh, it, it just, it's miles ahead of Into Darkness with all of those things. And I like how it ends with, um, with Kirk recommitting himself to Starfleet and, uh, them rebuilding the Enterprise, and we see that we see a refitted Enterprise A, and them. So even if we don't get another one, we know that these people are out there exploring the unknown and and continuing their mission. And so it's okay if we don't get another one. Would I like another one? Absolutely, of course I would. But it's okay if we don't because it was a nice wrap up. It was a nice send off specifically for Kirk and Spock. Agree. Yeah, they yeah. have good arcs with these three films. I felt like Beyond really kind of brought that full circle. It did what it needed to do. Yes. And I think when I saw it in the theater, I think the, the only real hesitation I had was like the opening I thought sucked. I was <laughs> I was really saddened by the opening because if you like one of the best openings in Star Trek history, if not kind of modern movie history, was Star Trek 09. Certainly. And, and even Into Darkness, even if you didn't like the movie, I thought the opening was great. Both of them with the introduction of Khan as well as the introduction of the Enterprise crew. I thought those were great 
um, kind of stories that kind of built the tone. Uh-huh. And with Beyond, I was just like, oh no like with the like with the the aliens that were really small but then you thought they were really big and then they rolled in there and then they were jumping all over kirk and you're just like oh no this is crap this is gonna suck <laughs> i but mean then, it, it yeah. has kind of the look and the feel of an average star trek episode a below average Star Trek episode. well and for a movie you've got to have it larger than life and the CG on the on top of that, the CGI of the of the aliens was really subpar, and so it's just like, oh no, oh no, this is gonna be bad. This is <laughs> but, gonna be bad. But it was I was all completely wrong, though. It was. It was completely. Yeah, it was great. I was completely wrong, and so uh, I love being wrong in those regards. <laughs> and uh, and so yeah, I really liked the flow of it. I loved the. Uh, I loved the sabotage fix at the end. I really did. I thought yes. that was awesome. I just wish they didn't ruin it in the um, in the trailers. Well, yeah, I was really disappointed by that. But if there's any one thing that you know you're in the Kelvinverse, it's the music, the beats and the shouting. <laughs> if they're playing Sabotage, you're in the Kelvinverse. I think SETI Alpha 3 mentioned that not too long ago themselves, so I'm, I'm kind of stealing this from them. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and get started with yeah. how we would apply it. So like fresh off of Into Darkness or um, Voyage Into Darkness, as, as we called it last week. <laughs> yes, that was clever. So with with uh, with these characters, so we have we have Naomi Wildman, we have Moral Paris. So S- S- Star Trek Beyond kind of sets up the role of Kirk being kind of down on on Starfleet. He's just like, yeah. I don't know if I want to keep doing this, and not so much Starfleet, but captaining the Enterprise. He doesn't know if he want to continue going into the unknown because he starts to say. That everything feels episodic and yes. you look at his, his closet and it's filled with the same uniform over and over again. And, right. I yeah. love this, by the way. This is one of my very favorite parts of the whole freaking movie. I would kind of love to start out this way. What would you think about that? I think starting with that, yes. I think like like foregoing that alien roly-poly nonsense and starting sure. with this a little bit more introspective. Like if you can't start with a bang, start with a contemplation. And that's... yeah. That's one thing I think would be good. So do we have Morale go through this? I like, think she so. Go- yeah. Like I see Morale at this point. She's commanded the Voyager A for a little while. She's more than settled into the role. She's actually feeling a little too comfortable and she's a little bored. Do we, so with the time that's gone by since this, how long do we say? Like, do we say it's been five years, seven years, 10 years? Do we want to say know? it's the end of a five-year mission? How about we make it that? So like it's so, okay, so let's say that it's ahead, like after Into Darkness. So like say that she was Captain of Voyager for four years and then like uh, for three years and then Into Darkness happened. And then so that adds another two years. So it was five years, but then they put her onto another five-year mission. So she just finished a five-year mission after being Captain of the Voyager A for 10 years. Ooh, that okay, that's longer than I was thinking. I was thinking one five-year mission where she's on the cusp of being able to move on and do something else or take another five-year mission. Well, that's what I that's what I was thinking too. Like she but she just but the thing is is that does the does the, do the events in 09 and in into darkness count as part of the five-year mission? Oh. Hmm. Uh, maybe not 09, but maybe Into Darkness. Maybe that's a little earlier in the five-year mission and now maybe 
two or three, maybe, yeah, maybe three years have passed. Okay, so she, okay, so that would make it down to seven. So she's finishing a five-year mission. She's been the captain of the se- for the seven years. I think that's a good number. Okay, cool. Right? Yeah. 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 Seven years. That's a long and time. That's a long time. She's like, do, maybe it's not so much like, I never liked the the idea of, of Kirk becoming an admiral in Beyond because I'm just like, listen, you became captain the fast, you were the, person who became captain the fastest in history and then all of a sudden just like five seven years later you're going to become an admiral Mm, slow your roll okay so a little fast little fast i never really liked that what if it's like she thinks about transferring where it's like do i move to another ship do i move to a ship that stays in the alpha like that not stays in the alpha quadrant but like stays close to seoul um do i transfer to a station you know, what do I do? It's not so much a promotion, yeah. but a transfer of sorts. Do I get out of space? Do I go back to to Earth? You know, what do I do? That yeah. kind of thing. Well, what would make Morale want to leave the Voyager A? Because it's kind of, it's, it's her ship. It's been the legacy for a while. I'm thinking, what if she needs to stay a little closer to home? What if there's somebody that she wants to be closer to? Is she in a relationship? Do we even want to go that route? I don't know. I want to make it career-based. I don't know if I want to make it relationship-based. I totally agree. As I was saying that, I was just thinking in the back of my mind, no, 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 no. <laughs> We've es- done that es- so many times. Yeah, especially because she's a female captain. Yep, yep, yep. Um. So what if it's something tied to Bellana and Tom? What if... Aren't they dead? Yes, yes. But they are dead. But what if they were... She tries to continue the work that they started on developing Ooh. a new kind of ship so we can mix in a little archer in there, too. Oh, okay, okay. So maybe she's been going through some of the materials that her mom and dad left behind, and there's a project she wants to pursue. It's incomplete. She wants to fulfill maybe something in their legacy. Yes, and so that way she could transfer to Utopia Planitia, where they're just like, she pitches it to uh to the starfleet brass and says like i found these notes i want to pursue this i've been out in space for a long time and i think it's time for me to move on and devote myself to this and they're just like okay you know like well you know we hate to lose you as a captain but you know this right. would, this would be great and so what if to, to kind of jump ahead here the yeah. ending is her realizing like no i still want to be a captain of voyager but she builds the voyager b using Tom and Bellana's plans and she's the captain of that ship. Oh, 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 new shiny ship. Yes, please. New shiny ship, completely different design. And, and like they say, they're like, okay, like this is like a, what are we going to name it? And she's like, I have a suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> now, is it the morale class ship? I, be, I think because. Wait, no, we, it's the it Paris have- class ship. I feel like actually we have to kind of, because it's the first of its kind, the ship is named after the class. And so we'd have to make it a Voyager class ship. Okay, fine. (laughs) Okay, we can do that. We can do that. We can do that. We can do that. We could do that. We could do that. And so that's like, there you go. You have your beginning and end. You have your bookends where she gets the best of both worlds. She gets to build her ship. She gets to design and build her ship and then captain it. Like it. So. Yeah. Let's go back more toward the beginning now. We kind of know Morel's arc, what's going to happen. She's contemplating whether or not she's going to leave the Voyager A. 
do we have a conversation where she's discussing this with Naomi? I I think we need to, but Naomi also needs to go through her own crisis because Spock was going through the crisis of his counterpart dying. So what the yes. hell do we do with Naomi? Um, <laughs> I kind of want Naomi to be a little bit of a mess. To be honest, I want her to both be elated, but then also really depressed at the thought of losing morale as the captain because it would mean she'd get a promotion. Mm-hmm. But and, and while that would be really good for her, she's just thinking... This is not a good time. I I don't know if I really want this. And I've also been thinking about some other thing. And I I'm I don't know. Do you like the idea of hot mess, Naomi? I don't know if I want to go full hot mess, but I want to go mm. through troubled what Wildman. I want to say like maybe she has some issues at home. Maybe we put her Ooh, in kind of relationship issues. What if something's going on with either her mom or her dad? I think to get some uh, get a Samantha tie-in, that would be good. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're back on the Katarian homeworld or something, and she kind of feels a pull to be with them. But, I mean, she's got this career thing going on. She can't just... Well, I mean, she can theoretically just hop on a shuttle and take some leave, but she, you know, feelings of duty and loyalty and yada, yada, yada. Yay, Starfleet. Yeah, and she, like, because I feel like instead of... because. Because in Star Trek Beyond, Kirk and Spock kind of danced around the issue. Uh-huh. I don't want to dance around the issue. I want them to know each other's issues and know their their problems. And I want them yeah. to actually communicate where Morale says, listen, I'm thinking about leaving Voyager. And that means that Voyager will be yours. And that's when that's when Naomi goes, oh, crap. Uh, if uh, If you leave, then I become the captain. But I need to take some time. And right. because of my parents or because something's going on with my parents. And so, yeah, and Morales just like, yeah, something like that. And so that way, Naomi's just like, well, I don't want to pressure you to stay. And Morales like, but if we give it to somebody else, then there's a real hard chance that you'll be able to come back as captain, you know, if you take some time off. And so it just kind of is this back and forth where Morale feels pressure to stay <laughs> because of Naomi. And then, then same, the same for Naomi, though. Same with Naomi, where she's like, okay, well, I need to stay in order to let morale go. Yeah. And so they, and so the perfect solution at the end is Voyager A being destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to kill everything. <laughs> kill what you love. That's um, right. Kill your darlings is one of my favorite, uh, fr- one of my friends. That's one of her favorite phrases. I'm going to say the same thing here. So I think that works. I think that works for both parties because that way she like while Morale is building the ship, a Voyager B, then a Naomi gets to take some time off and be be with her parents through whatever ordeal they're going with. Yeah. And then but do we give like do we give Naomi her own ship at this point? Do we continue her being the exo of the of the B? Do we leave it up right. to like a whole inception type where we don't know? That's oh yeah, that's such a good question. If she's ready for a promotion, does she really want to stick around as the the first officer? I mean, is she the next Will Riker? Uh, she might be. I think like we're kind of we're backing her into that corner, and there's a part of me that does not want to. But yeah. I mean, this is kind of a thing where the crews stay intact over time. This yeah, this is very much a thing. Like this is a this is a TV and movie thing where you uh-huh. constantly inhibit growth in order to keep everybody together. <laughs> it's true. So do we break that mold and we have her decide, 
look, Morale, I love you, but I've got to go off and do my thing. I want to serve alongside you as a peer, as a fellow captain, mm-hmm. not as your first officer. Oh, God, I don't know. I, I, say, I say we leave it up to, like, I say the question is asked, but not answered. That's going to piss off a lot of people. I think it works, though, because you don't, if you get another movie, you can answer it. If you don't get another movie, then it's up to the viewer on what they think she would do. I mean, yeah. Use your imagination. It's whatever you want it to be. So moving on from the character point stuff, the the Voyager is sent, Voyager A is sent to a, do we want to keep it a star base? And what's, do we keep it something special about the star base? Because it's the Yorktown, right? That's the, that's the right. name of it. Uh-huh. So... I get. I mean, the Yorktown in the Kelvin universe is so freaking ad- more advanced than any other space in- space station that we've ever seen. So I feel like we could keep that exactly the same, even in the 25th century. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally on board with that. Okay, so the Yorktown is exactly the same. Voyagers flying through it, they're just like, "Holy hell, this is a monstrosity!" This you know, thing what's is going big, on. and it's cool looking. Very cool looking, and so. We can keep that the same. I think we can keep the nebula the same. I, I think we can keep all the action beats, but we have Crawl, who's played by Idris Elba. I think yes. we can keep that. What's Crawl's secret in this timeline, in this version? Good question. Because, I mean, it is pretty late for the whole Franklin kind of thing. and It's a bit late to do the Franklin thing. And yeah. and so because as a reminder to everybody, Idris Ilba was a pers- was a Starfleet officer who was a um, a Marine turned like a Mako turned Starfleet officer who was a captain of the Franklin during the Enterprise era, the Archer right. era, and uh, they used tech in order to keep their extend their life their lifespan, and it deformed them, made them go a little crazy. And uh, a la insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, you steroids and life-enhancing drugs are not good, guys. And uh, and so with that, like, I feel like we can keep those. I, th- I think we can keep all those beats, like because Star Trek Beyond is is very episodic in itself. Like, it's an entry in the universe. It's not u- unique to any specific time, except for Crawl's backstory. I think that's really the only thing that we need to change is Crawl's backstory. Yeah, that actually makes this the easiest movie to translate to our universe because we're keeping all the beats and shouting (laughs) the same. So Crawl's background, let's hash this out. What is going to work here? I think we need to keep him a Starfleet officer. And I would love to flesh out his anger and his resentment way more than Star Trek Beyond did. Because I feel like oh, that yeah. was one major weakness of Beyond is that the bad guy's motivations were not clear in the least. I completely agree. And that's maybe one of the singular reasons why I like Star Trek 09 over Beyond is Crawl really seems like just that stereotypical two-dimensional villain. He's angry. He's going to destroy everything. Okay, whatever. At least with Nero... You also have the comics to get more backstory, which helps mm-hmm. a lot. But I feel like even he was a little more developed than Crawl. So, yeah, we got to give him a... If he's going to be angry, let's give him a damn good reason to be angry. And I feel like, if I'm remembering correctly, Crawl's reasoning uh, to do what he did 
was was because geez i'm even having a hard time forgetting like is it because he believes that uh the federation has become complacent with its enemies yes yeah he feels like the federation has gone a little soft and he wants it to be just hardwired to kill if necessary and isn't that kind of just a straight up duplication of into darkness like wasn't that (laughs) admiral yeah um What's his name? Marcus. Marcus, Admiral Marcus's motivation too. Like More we need to less. be prepared for what's yeah, coming. Yeah, it's just, yeah, the same kind of thought pattern, different context. I would love to alter those. Like just, I would love to alter Crawl's motivation just a little bit more to, because it's not, I don't want it to just be revenge, but you know, like saying yeah. that Federation has become complacent is, I mean, it's okay. Uh, maybe, hmm, maybe to build off of another Peter Weller uh, appearance in Star Trek, the penultimate episode of Enterprise where you have the xenophobic humans uh-huh. who, who believe that aliens should not be uh, in the Federation or like, actually, well, I mean, even be a part of Earth or the Earth Society or anything like that. What if we expand on that where it's a, like he is a holdover from that dying age and in order to extend his lifespan in this nebula he himself becomes alien-like and his crew becomes alien-like. And so it's, he becomes this, he, he becomes basically what he hates and it angers him even more because maybe he was, maybe the reason why he was there and crash landed was because of a, an, an aid mission from the Federation. Like he was sent for aid towards an alien race oh, and uh-huh. they got bombarded along the way, crash landed and so if it wasn't for those stupid aliens and our alien-loving federation, I wouldn't be trapped here. Okay. And so he de- like he develops a bioweapon that that kills all non-humans. And at the end of it, he actually unleashes this bioweapon, but it ends up killing him and his crew instead because they're not they're now classified as non-humans because they've They've right. been morphed so long that they're not recognizable as humans. Yeah, maybe there's something that identifies human DNA or something, and if you don't mm-hmm. have it, you're gone. Okay, you're that's gone. more motivation and a better reasoning for why this person would be angry, why this person would have resentment toward the Federation, toward non-humans. Now, are we keeping the time period about the same? Like. You mentioned the end of Enterprise. Is this still kind of an Enterprise era person? Because we were contemplating earlier. Is that really, is that a little too late? But it's it seems difficult to have somebody who's got that level of xenophobia going that's not from that era. Like I can't imagine a 24th century person necessarily having that attitude. Now, maybe that's because Star Trek has brainwashed me, but... <laughs> It's. I mean, they're give. They want. We want to have that impression that we have overcome these things. Yeah, I. I think you're. I was having the same thought too because I felt like we're kind of by going with the xenophobic route, we're painting ourselves into a corner because it was believable in the 22nd century, not so believable in the 23rd, 24th, or 25th. Right. So, I mean, should we keep that too? Should this be an Enterprise era person on an Enterprise era ship? I feel like that is one way to go, and that's most likely the way to go. But what if we did something different where it was someone from the 23rd century and they're fresh off of a they're fresh off of a 
a Klingon war, say that it's Discovery era. Okay. And the Klingon war is over. And um, they basically are just like, listen, like we've, in, in modern history, we've had the Romulans come after us. We've had the Klingons come after us. Um, we like the Vulcans when we when we started the Federation were completely withholding on helping us, you know, go into the into the galaxy family and everything like that. So what if they they just basically had enough where they like it? They had a unique perspective. It was something unique to the age, but they got a lot of followers. Where, okay. like, he was trying for a long time. Like he was curating, he was a captain and he was curating his crew slowly but surely being as many humans as possible on his ship. And he was doing it during insidious ways, like getting rid of of, uh, of non-humans, getting rid of aliens and just transferring them out. And it, go, it went mostly unnoticed. And um, maybe, he, maybe he planned on using, like maybe he planned on having his own ship with his own human crew in order to enact this revenge against all non-humans because it took him that that much time to actually find people who held his same beliefs hmm yeah maybe just slowly converting people to his point of view as they serve with him and then those who don't agree they get shipped out now that's the thing though is i mean enough people might start talking a little bit I kind right. of feel like it doesn't need to be like almost this cult-like movement. It just needs to be a thing where they've come out of a war and this person has the attitude of, look, these aliens are just out to get us and destroy us. What are we doing with these stupid rescue missions helping people who are not humans when really we should be helping ourselves rebuild at this point? Yes, yes. I, I, I like that. I feel like maybe what if after they crash land... Like, it's not like maybe we're getting too into the weeds. So, like, he's not curating his own ship. He doesn't have a mostly human crew. Yeah, but maybe I feel, mostly. Sorry to cut you off, but maybe after that crash landing, then he comes out and he's like, you see, you see what this gets us. And then maybe that's how he converts more of his crew. And maybe it's even so far as to kill the non-human members of the crew. And those non-human members of his crew are the first ones to be put into the device that lengthen everybody else's lifespan. Yes. I mean, that's brutal. And then there's also that tie in with a lot of things happening in our world right now. A lot of people, you know, I yeah. didn't want to say it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm so sick of this. It's so backward. But here we are. Yes, I feel like, yeah, it definitely ties into today. And I think that's much easier to swallow. And I think it's simpler and better and more to the point. And so then there we go. We get motivation. a little bit of each. There though. you go. So he's from the disco era. Yeah, uh, not the 70s and um (laughs) disco bones and i think it i think that works i think that's i think that's fun and then okay so jayla jayla let's talk about jayla is jayla still jayla is jayla still female is jayla male is Mm. what do we do with that because we have like in beyond we had a mostly male crew yeah and in um in ours we have a lot more women in the crew so do we have do we continue just making Jayla a, a woman because she's awesome or think, do we switch it up? I mean, I don't think we have to do anything different really to Jayla. Jayla can be Jayla and she can be one of the natives on this planet. Her ancestors, I mean, they had the distress call and they've been hunted this whole time. I don't I don't feel like we have to do a whole lot of anything different with her. 
Okay, I'm cool with that. I'm 100% cool with that. So Jayla basically stayed the same. Yeah. Boom, there you go. Boom, done. Hey, simplest <laughs> thing we've done in a long time. <laughs> and then um, from that, I think, uh, so we have... Um, we have our segments, okay. So we have our we have our people. So we have, we have we have Spock and Bones together. We have uh, Kirk and Chekhov together, and we have um, Scotty who's with Jayla. Yes. And uh, and we also have Uhura who's with Sulu. Right. So in our version, we have we we haven't really defined our bridge crew too terribly much. No, we haven't. So we don't know a lot of these characters that are going to be paired up. Now, let's assume that if these movies ever happened, of course, we would have had more fleshed out characters. We're going to know who these people are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know if we have enough time, honestly, today to really go through all of that and define these characters. That probably, I mean, that might need to be an episode unto itself if we want to go there. I think, honestly, I think we we can pretty much keep it the same in the same in terms of roles where yeah. um I loved I would love to see Naomi Wildman and the holographic doc together in the same circumstances. That would be as, cool. As Spock and, and Bones. And then you know, like that way she can kind of let uh, the doc know what she's planning on doing or where she's trying to go. And I feel like he would be much more sympathetic than other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the plight because he knows her parents he he delivered her you know like it's yeah. all yeah 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 and i feel like even if for just very raw character templates like for this you know for scotty role maybe our chief engineer is more of the comedic relief <laughs> yeah i'd be cool with you that. know that and sort of thing working with jayla and they're going through all of their stuff now I, oh we big question had, big oh, question is morale going to trick everybody with a motorcycle? Because this is not really her thing. It's a Kirk thing. I think that is that is definitely a, a Kelvin Kirk thing. I think she uses a speeder kind of like in um, in Star Wars where it's a land speeder. And mm-hmm. because her father was the big driver. It's true. Okay. There we go. Done. And um, and also we did one thing that we did talk about was Naomi Wildman definitely did have a love interest on the show, so I think the love interest would be whatever his name is. He would kind of deal with Crawl the most, kind of like Uhura dealt with with Crawl. Okay, cool, that works. And then everybody else would just kind of be basically the same types of characters, but just <laughs> sure, yeah, sure. I mean, car- really, kind of I think that's as far as we have to go for this, since we don't have fully developed characters; they're all new to us, and that's fine. So that's cool. It, and then, so the confrontation, the confrontation with uh, with Crawl, as we've been calling him, uh, whoever he is, I mean, we we should probably come up with a different name, but whatever. Eh, it doesn't. Yeah, matter. it's it's fine. <laughs> This confrontation ultimately helps Morale decide her fate. And maybe just, I think, in the same way it did with Kirk, help her reinvest her belief in Starfleet and its mission of exploration and unity. I think that's got to be the message here. And how she is a representation of that unity being part Klingon. Yes, but also part human. Mm -hmm. So I think that's got to go into play, too. I mean, she's kind of that ideal thing of yes this can work absolutely absolutely and like my parents made it work even if my grandparents didn't make it work my parents made it work and i can make this work within the federation within starfleet right. 
And yeah, that whole message of, hey, look, this is the way the world is shaping now and there's nothing wrong with that. And you just get with the times. Absolutely. I think that works. And we can still keep that whole thing where he does actually release the bioweapon, but it's um, accidentally released on his own people. And and then there's then there's that. But there's still Voidre is still destroyed. We keep the ending that we talked about with it being rebuilt. And so um, morale gets to take her crew and whomever wants to join her to Utopia Planitia to design and build the Voyager B. Right. We get the pretty reveal at the end and off they go. There you go. There you have it, folks. That was our episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully you listened to our previous episodes. And if you want to listen to all of our episodes, you can go to the nerdparty.com slash punch it and or Type in Punch It Writing in Star Trek in your podcasting app of choice. We are everywhere, so make sure that you can listen to us where you want. And we already talked about how you can contact us, and please do that. And one other thing that you can do for us is if you like our show, if you like what we're doing, please go to Apple Podcasts, write us a review. And if you you give us a five-star review, we'll mention you on the show. You can write us any kind of review you want, but five stars get you a mention. So, Char, this... We, we've kind of been uh, spoiled with knowing what we're going to do every single week because <laughs> of doing this trilogy. And uh, next week, do you want to do that that pure content creation with a new show, or do you want to yeah. do you want to do something else? I no, I think I'm on board with that. Let's have a pitch session where we pitch each other our ideas for the new show, and then if we have a favorite, maybe we start developing it. But let's see where that whole thing goes first fantastic well you heard it here folks next week we're gonna do pure content creation of what a new show would look like in today's age and so next week we're definitely gonna punch it ready for warp sir let's punch it join the revolution join the nerd party